This is Heart of a Lion, the official podcast of UNA Athletics. Suzuki crosses the timeline with two half-court heave on the way. She hit it. Gains the trigger. Bounces left to the 15 outside to the 10. Cuts up to the 5 for the pylon. Dives. Touchdown, North Alabama. Parker triggers his second rushing score of the ball game. Susie, his shot fake, drives in. Runner on the way. Trickles in. Counted in one for Will Susie. Drive towards center. This ball's way out of here. Two-run home run, Georgia land. Back with you here on Heart of a Lion, brought to you by Club Tales, the original cocktail in a can, continuing our conversations with UNA assistant football coaches. Next up, we're talking with linebackers coach Deshaun Davis, a former standout from Viger High School, went on to an outstanding career at Auburn, where he was an all-SEC selection. Had some time in the NFL as a six-round draft pick of the Cincinnati Bengals. He comes to North Alabama from UCF, where he served as a graduate assistant working with the linebackers. Now he's in Florence, and he's our next guest. You're on Heart of a Lion. Coach Davis, thanks for joining us. Man, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited. All right, you've got a great relationship with Coach Deerman. Let's just mm-hmm. start off with that. You, you played for him in high school. Now you're you're here with him at North Alabama. How special, how deep do you guys run? Man, that's been uh, – it's, it's, it's almost a surreal moment. You know, it, it, it kind of came full circle. Um, Coach Deerman was my offensive coordinator my ninth grade year in high school. Um, and I didn't play my ninth grade year because I was on uh, – I was academic, not I mean not academic. I was ineligible um, out of playing out of district. I was playing out of, uh, at another school that wasn't my district. So I had to sit out that entire year. So I had no defensive reps. I played one game against Williams from high school. My first game, I had 14 tackles. The second game of the year I was supposed to play, we were supposed to play Davis in high school, which was my district school. I wanted to go to Viger because that's where I grew up. And he also played at Viger High School. But Davidson ended up turning me in. I missed my entire freshman year. So uh, me and Coach Dearman started to build a relationship week two of my freshman year because after then they sent me over to scout team. I was a scout team running back, scout team linebacker. He was a scout team quarterback. So he used to hand the ball out to me and things like that. But it kind of came full circle, man. He got a, um, he reached out to me last year um, during the season to ask me uh, would I be interested in coaching the line, co- coaching linebackers. And I was like, you you have anybody that's looking for a linebacker coach? I'm just a GA. Of course I want my own room. He was like, man, I got my name in the hat for some co- some head coaching jobs, and wherever I land, I want you to come with me. Um, and I, I told him, just just give me a heads up. Let me know wherever we're going to go, and we're going we're gonna to go make it work. So um, he told me that he was interested in his job and that they were interested in hiring him. You know, I did my research, um, looked at some things, and it was a perfect fit for me. And like I say, man, just getting getting with somebody that I know um, that that knows me, that I, I I can fully trust. You know, he he's same hometown, same high school. He he, he know me probably not know myself a little bit. So it's like I say, just being walking into a comfortable situation, man. It's been very very easy for me to transition. So what made y'all's relationship so deep? Just really having that one year together at Viger. Man, it's just we kind of understand each other. Um, one thing I can say, man, Coach Dearman, I don't know what it is, and you, you can probably ask him if you uh, have the time, bro. But Coach Dearman believes in Deshaun Davis. I don't know why. I don't know who talked to him, but he loves and believes in Deshaun Davis. And he always told me that. And when he hired me, I was actually the first hire here. And he hired me. And um, when I officially told him that I was going to come, he sent me a message and told me that this isn't my first time believing in you and it's not going to be my last time. I know that you're capable of getting a job done. And if you're a human being, man, no, no, no matter how tough you are, 
no 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 matter how how hard you want to put up that shell, man, hearing stuff like that and having guys believing in you and having people believe in you, man, it's always a, a boost. You know, that pat on the back, as, as men, we sometimes run from it. But, man, hearing that, man, it, it gave me the utmost confidence. And even even dating back to my Auburn career, man, even I struggled a little bit uh, playing time-wise my first few years. Coach Dimmer was actually an analyst when I got to Auburn. So <laughs> we we left the high school ranks, and he, he was a uh, part of the coaching staff for me at Auburn University as well. But even at Auburn, man, all my coaches to this day, they tell me, um, Brent Deerman was one of the guys in the room, even as an analyst. He wasn't even a position coach. But he was one of the guys in the room to stand on the table for Deshaun Davis and say, hey, he's a heck of a football player. So, man, it's no, nobody around me or, or behind his back, behind my back, I don't want to hear anybody say anything bad about Brent Deerman. <laughs> well, I was going to read the quote from your, your, your hiring article where, where Coach Deerman says, Deshaun Davis was my favorite player I ever coached in school. Then when I got the opportunity to move to Auburn, I stood on the table for him to be an Auburn Tiger. He was an all-SEC linebacker, but he's also an All-American person. I'm pleased to be able to coach alongside such a great player and human being. Deshaun Davis has a very bright future in this business. I mean, that gives me chills. It's got to give yeah. you chills. But then it's got to speak to all the players in the program. Like, man, look at what I'm walking into. Yeah, I didn't even know he he made that quote. <laughs> that, was my, that was my first time hearing it, man. And yeah, like I say, man, that – Hearing stuff like that, man, it's that boost. And, and having people in your corner that you know have your back, man, makes you go to the utmost extreme limits for them to see those people happy. And I'm a type of guy, I, I dealt with a lot of adversity uh, in my life and um, even even if in, in my football career as well. But early on, I was the type of guy I always wanted to prove people wrong. But as I matured and I, I started becoming as one within myself, I got, I got into the phrase of prove prove people right. Don't forget about the naysayers. No matter how good you are, somebody's going to always have something bad to say about you. If you're bad, somebody's going to have something bad to say about you. Forget those people. You, you hang your hat on trying to prove those people wrong, you're, you're always going to – they're always going to have something bad to say. So focus on the people that care about you. Focus on the people that truly love you. Try to prove those people right. And it's so much more fulfillment in doing that. And it's the same situation that I'm in here. It's, it's great to have you guys here. And, and the common theme amongst this defense, we hear restore the roar for the whole team. It's hard mm. to say sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but then we hear a lot of chatter from the defensive coaches bringing back the Purple Swarm. And we've had some great linebackers over the years. You yeah. go back to James Davis in the 90s. UNA fans will love these names. Ronald McKinnon played in the NFL. Ronald Mike, McKinnon, they Mike, talk about him all the time. <laughs> yes, yes. Everybody loves Ronald here. Mike yeah. Johnson had an unbelievable run in the yep. early 2000s. Uh, he's, he's from down uh, South Florida or Pensacola area. Area. But uh, how excited are you to, to kind of lead this linebacker room when there's been a great tradition of linebackers yeah. here at UNA? Man, I'm actually glad that I'm walking into a position that has has standard. You know, they, they're used to seeing good linebacker play. And I'm used to being around good linebacker play. And I'm a guy, if I'm, I don't care. I told my guys when I first walked in the room, I don't care about what happened last year. I don't care who led the team in tackles. I don't care how many tackles you missed. I don't care what the, the, the philosophy was last year. It's a new, it's a new slate. Everybody has a blank piece of paper, and you have your own pencil. Write your own story, paint your own picture. That's what I, that's what I want. I want to do with my guys. But the tradition that is in that in that room, in that linebacker room, it puts a target on our back. And I'm a type of person I want targets because if you want targets, it says that you have standard. It says that you're somebody. Nobody's going to shoot at a bad target. They're always going to shoot at good targets. I want to be a good target, so I want to uphold the standard that is that is in the tradition that is in that linebacker room at UNA. And to tell you the truth, 
I didn't know about it until I got in the building. So when you get here, man, you see that it's a lot of tradition. And, yeah, last few years the, the standard hasn't been held. That's why it's a new coaching staff here. But we're ecstatic, bro. Like you said, we, we, we're, we're trying to get the Purple Swarm theme back. We know that the, the philosophy that those guys play with. We know the passion and energy that those guys play with. And that's what we're going to try to bleed into our unit with our own swagger, of course, and our own little, little stench of stirring the pot, of course. But that's the standard. And when people think about UNA football, they think about those guys that you just named. And we have to get the people to play to have to get our players in our position playing to that standard. We've talked about your Deerman relationship. What have you liked about starting work with Coach Carabeau and some of the other defensive coaches? Man, we, I think we got a good staff, man. Um, we, we've been bonding really, really well together, man. Carabeau is doing some really good things. Um, and I like the, the system that we're going to be in. Uh, it, it's not very complex. It's going to be, be very, very simple for the guys to play fast. But we're going to do a lot of things being aggressive on defense. And when I first my first conversation I had to him, I was still at um, UCF. <laughs> Actually, I was in the locker room talking on the phone with him. Um, I had just left a position with Coach Carabella. Yeah, <laughs> um, but the first time we talked, man, he he emphasized the the want to to be aggressive. We want to be offensive coordinators on de on the defensive side of the ball. And what I mean by that is we want to make people adjust to us. A lot of times in defense, everybody tell you that it's a reaction side of the ball. Well, if the, the offensive player move like this, we have to do this. Or they, they come out in this formation, we have to do No, 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 no. We're going to dictate the game. We're going to make people adjust to us. If I know you're, you're protecting this, this slide, uh, you're sliding this way because we overloaded protection, I know what you're going to get in if we're getting the overload. So I'm going to line the overload or whatever the case may be, make you slide this way, and we're going to have something to counter. That's the type of mindset that Carol Boy has, and that's the type of foundation that I believe in and that I grew up around as well. What does a Deshaun Davis coach linebacker look like? What do you want your room to play like? Man, first and foremost, I want guys around me that love the game of football. I love the game of football. And if you don't love the game of football and you're in my room, we're simply not going to get along. <laughs> we're not going to get along for whatever reason, bro, because I love the game of football. This is a stress-free game. It's a game. First and foremost, I want guys that are going to have fun. If you watch me play football at any point in my career, bro, I am a energy bug. I will make a tackle and almost dislocate my shoulder trying to celebrate because I'm feeding off the crowd energy. I want guys around me that love energy, that, that has fun. I want physical guys. I want fast guys. I want smart guys. If you can be physical, you can be fast, you can be smart, you can love the game of football, you can play in my room. Because everything else I think I can control. Not necessarily control, but I can help you do. I can't help you be physical. That That's, that's between you as a man. Like, you, you have to want to destroy that offensive lineman to go make that tackle on that ball carry. I can't make you run to the football with, with reckless abandon. That's, you control that. That's your effort. Now, I can train you and try to get you there, but those are your two feet. Like, you have to, you have to want to, to, to do that. The, 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 uh, the mental side of the game as far as learning plays and things, I can control that. I, I've, I've always been a smart football player. We have a, a, like I said, we have a very simple, uh, simple system here. So guys are gonna, they're gonna pick it up. They're gonna understand. And I think I'm a very good teacher as well. Now, like I say, guys that are coming, that come into the room. If you can do those things, you can uphold the standard in my room, and we'll be having fun.
Speaking of energy and fun, I heard some recruiting stories about you and Coach Dearman who posted already. Some, so already, <laughs> he, he posted some photos and videos on Twitter, and I was like, man, that, that's a good looking player right there. <laughs> Turns out it, you got dressed up in the gear yeah. and kind of went through one of the, the, the recruiting photo shoots. I feel like that speaks to the energy and fun that you bring. Man, I'm I'm a young, energetic guy, man. I I, I really I wake up, man, and I choose not to have a bad day. I choose to win. I choose to enjoy life. I choose to smile. I, I've all my life, man. I've been a light bulb in a dark room. Anytime I, I feel like I can walk in any room and steal it just by simply being me. But that's just the energy and the aura that I carry within myself and the leadership capabilities and qualities that I possess. So I don't take it take it lightly at all, man. But I think I think small energy things like that, small personality things like that, will separate me from a lot of other coaches because you don't see too many. Coaches are willing to do stuff like that, or, or still, you know, you young enough and 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 um, relatable enough to to even get on the same level as some of these recruits. So I I, I have the R and R effect. I, I'm I'm young enough to relate, but I'm mature enough to be respected. You know, so I I I hang my hat on that, and I think it's gonna help me be successful in this career. You've teased it a little bit, but but your story is just unbelievable. Let's go back to to Viger High School. Mm-hmm. Was, was football always your go-to? Were you always in love with the game? Always. I've been playing football since I was four years old, man. I, my, my family kind of threw threw me in and um in Mobile, Alabama. I played at a part league called Eight Mile Giants. Uh, we believe it or not, man, out of eight years. We went 85 and three. Oh wow! We lost three games. We won seven championships. We went to eight of them. Um, we lost. We won one at the age of four. We lost one at the age of five, and then we won all the rest of them every every year after that. So I've always been around winning tradition. Viger High School, mm-hmm. it, it's unbelievable. You, you mentioned you didn't get to play your freshman year. Yep. I didn't know that. Then you get your sophomore, junior years, and then you miss your senior year yep. because of an ACL. So you only had two years two. of high school football, yet you still had the amount of offers that you had? I played two years of high school. You just said it. I said, like I said, I, I, my freshman year I set out because I, um, I was trying to play out of district, and they turned me in. Sophomore year I played, and I was very successful. We went to state that year. Um, I played on a – Really, to me, bro, probably one of the greatest defenses that come through Alabama. Um, and I don't say that bragging at all. Like, you, you watch this play and you know about that unit, bro. You, It was some guys that were on there. I was the only underclassman. I played with ten seniors. Um, and I think six guys on, a, on, that, on that defense ended up playing Division One football. Wow. Um, five of us went SEC. So, um, my sophomore year, that was my sophomore year. We went to state. I think I had like 140 tackles, made all state. Had no scholarships still. My junior year, I came back. I think I had like 150 tackles that year. I was the only returning starter, only guy with playing experience. Um, I think my my sophomore year, we gave up like 6.4 uh, points a game. My junior year, I think we gave up like 11.9. Wow. Something like that. So it was a good another successful year. Um, and believe it or not, bro, I walked out of that season with no scholarships. Really? Really. Um, I didn't get an offer until the spring going into my senior year. Um, South Carolina was my first my first scholarship in March around this time. Um, they they you know, Lorenzo Ward was the the coach down there, and he he came in and he was like, man, why does this why doesn't this guy have any offers? And my head coach at the time, Kerry Stevenson, was just like, everybody said he's undersized. You know, he's a five eleven, he's a six foot linebacker. He's he's not going to run a four four. 
I tell people all the time, my fastest 40 I ever ran was a 4.61. And I almost pulled a hamstring trying to run that <laughs> because well, I wanted to run a 4.5 so bad, and I well, never could. A 4.6 is still fast yeah, as the average it, person. Yeah, it's still good. It's still good. It's not, it's not, not what they're looking for, yeah. though. Not what they're looking for. So nobody will pull the trigger on me, bro. Nobody will pull the trigger on me. Lorenzo Orr offered me um, on a Monday. I remember Coach Stevenson pulled me out of class Monday morning, and I almost cried because it was, it was like – the weight of the world had been lifted over my shoulders because I knew I was a good football player, but I knew I always just needed that one university to believe in me. And it was an SEC offer. And the rest is history, bro. I got that offer on Monday, and I think like that Friday, I probably had like 31 scholarships. So all those schools that walked in and said I was too small, they all called that same number back and offered me a scholarship. So, so it was kind of full circle. So the offers are rolling in, mm -hmm. and then the disappointment of the knee injury, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. So I look at your freshman year not being able to play, senior year not being able to play as the offers are coming in. What kept you grounded and focused during that time? The love for the game, bro. Tell you, just, it's that simple, the love for the game. And uh, like I said, I, uh, uh, honestly, around that time, it was very, very tough for me because I'm, it, it was a lot of mental fatigue. It was a lot of mental stress because I'm not able to physically go out and, and play. But yet, I'm still a leader for my team, so I'm at every practice. I'm at every game. Um, I still have to go in and, and, and rehab because I got to get myself myself in position as well. And, and at, the at the facility at the school wasn't good enough, so I had to leave practice sometime to go to these rehabilitation centers to try to get myself back um, and, and play in order. Um, then I say I, it, it was a the thought of, man, is this school going to pull this scholarship or, you know, or is anybody still going to be able to take me? Like I, I I went through so much to try to get offers. Now I get them and now I have a, a, a knee that's blown out. And a lot of people don't even recover from that injury. So at that time, man, there was a lot going through my head. But I, I had a great support system and my mom did a really great job, you know, being in my corner. She was the, my bedside nurse. Every every day, anything I needed, she was always there to help me, and, and she was a, bit, a pivotal part of me bouncing back as quick as I did and as strong as I did. But the love for the game, man, just kept me hungry, and I knew I didn't want that to be the end of Deshaun Davis. I knew I didn't want that to be the end of my story, and I knew I had some more lead in my pencil, so I kept writing. Now, signing day, Auburn, did you have a pretty special signing day? I did. I did. It was very good, man. Um, I actually had another teammate that signed to Auburn with me, um, Justin Thorne. Um, I had a, a former former uh, teammate of mine as well, college teammate and little league team. I grew up with him, Trey Williams. He signed with Arvin as well. So it was it was really it was a really special moment for me, man. Any any time February that first Wednesday in February, I still have that vivid memory of me signing that um, national letter of intent and putting that white Arvin hat on. I remember I had on a blue vest. Had on the Auburn tie. I was I was tiger down. Now <laughs> I was tiger down. That was probably around the time too when when signing days were really taking off with some of the theatrics. Yeah, yeah. It was. Did you do anything? Nah, man. I was a I'm a lawyer guy, bro. I'm not too much into it, all the theatrics and the antics, bro. It's it's I don't I'm, I don't want to flirt with you. It's 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 all black and white with me. No no gray area. Yeah. So it was. A, I'm going I'm I'm going to Auburn University. I had schools to offer me after then. I badly reported it. I didn't take really take any uh, visits after then, bro. I was locked in and, and focused on where I wanted my destiny to be. So I spent a lot of time. After I committed to Auburn, I spent a lot of time at Auburn. Um, I didn't really go and travel to any um, any other games on Saturday, but we took that three-hour drive, and we were sitting in Jordan there. So it was a, it was, I, I, I was a, a recruiter for us more than anything. I, I tried to get other guys to get in the boat um, and that sort of thing. So. It was, it was I enjoyed it though, bro. I, I enjoyed that that entire process and I even tell guys that I'm recruiting now. Don't 
never make that a stressful moment. You know, this that's something that you're gonna remember for the rest of your life. And even being in these in these shoes right now, bro, I, I would look at a recruit and tell you, bro, I promise you, I want you more than you want me. You have options. I have a board. You probably number one, number two, number three on my board. I don't know where I am for you, but I promise I probably I'm I supposed to be recruiting you. I should go to sleep stretching and say, I wonder if John Doe is going to come to UNA and play linebacker for me. You don't need to go to sleep and say, I wonder if Coach Dave is going to – I already offered you. The hard part is done. Enjoy life, bro. Enjoy enjoy where your feet is, where your feet are, because you're never going to get those moments back. So I don't think it's a stressful thing, bro. I really think people should relax and enjoy those moments. So you get to Auburn, you redshirt your first year. I mm-hmm. uh, didn't play much as a redshirt freshman. Yeah. Then you take off in your three-year starter in the SEC. Yeah. What were those early years and the turnaround like for you at Auburn? Man, it was tough. Um, like I said, coming out off the ACL injury, I kind of knew that they were going to redshirt me. Um, that that first that that first year and funny story man I, I was talking to uh, my, my linebacker coach Travis Williams he I was the GA for him at UCF and we were talking just talking about how the game has changed and how people you know you almost you 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 would want to play a guy like we literally had guys that we wanted to play but it's like no coach I want a red shirt like they would tell you I want to like you're you're in the too deep like we need you on Saturdays and they'll t- I I, don't, I just want a red shirt. So he, we we had a funny conversation because um, he was my – when I first got to Auburn, he was my graduate assistant. He was the GA there. So he wasn't even a position coach. But he was supposed to put me in one game uh, to actually burn my red shirt because they were doing a four-game rule then. And it was after four games you couldn't play anymore. So they were doing a four-game rule. And the game that he was supposed to put me in, he tried to find me on the sideline, and I ran to the other side. I ran to the other side. I was did, like, bro, did he not know, or did, did he not know that that was going to burn my wrist? Yeah, no, they knew. They knew. It was. I just at the time, bro. I w- I just wasn't. I wasn't Deshaun Davis, who everyone know now. Yeah, I was a, a, just a guy in the room, to be honest. And I, I hadn't earned that respect. I wasn't. I wasn't a leader. Um, I I was still wasn't all the way healthy. So, yeah. I mean, it, tell you the truth, they were probably trying to get me out of the door. They wanted to get that get that scholarship money back, but I ran to the other side, bro. I was like, no, I'm not playing. So after then, um, that was my red shirt sophomore year. Uh, I mean, my red shirt freshman year came, and Will Muschamp was the defensive coordinator, and and we didn't have the best relationship at all. How I'm looking at you right now, he really looked at me and was like, I don't think you're good enough to play at Army University, let alone the SEC. You might want to transfer. And he was my position coach and my defensive coordinator at the time. So, me as a, a, a 18-year-old kid, I'm like, bro, this football is all I've ever had my entire life. And I know I need you to put me on the field. And you're just telling me, like, you're not going to give me a chance. Like, and I'm the guys on the team know that I, sh- I can be playing. Like, I, I, I remember we played LSU um, that, that year. And Leonard Frenette probably won the Heisman one game. I think he had 400 yards from our defense. And I played nine snaps that game and had five tackles. Very productive. And I'm like, bro, like, Coach, you got to give me an opportunity to get some burn. Like, what do I have to do to get on the, on the field? And he was like, it's really nothing you can do. You're not athletic enough. You're not big enough. Like, you should probably transfer to another school if you want to play. And after then, we had a little talk. Travis Williams, like I say, was the GA at the time. And he overheard the, the argument that we were having. He came in and defused everything. And 
ironically, the following year, he ended up getting the linebacker job at, at Auburn. So I, I remember like it was yesterday, he called me, and the day he got the job, the day they released it, and he was like, bro, I'm just calling the guys, you know what I mean, reaching out to you guys. You know, you're already special to me. Um, but I'm going to give you every opportunity you want to play. I'm not going to give it to you. I'm not going to take it from you. If you want it, go get it. And as a man, that's that's all I want. I just give me equal opportunity, and I know that my will to win will succeed a lot of surpass a lot of other people's will to win. How quickly did you establish yourself as a starter after that? Well, funny story, man. They actually, <laughs> I went through a lot, man, in my first few years of Army, man. They didn't. They brought in a rich, I mean, a, a grad transfer to actually start in front of me. I wasn't on the depth chart. I wasn't a starter. I was, uh, I think the first day of practice, I think I went with the threes, bro, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I ended up bringing a guy in by the name of TJ Neal, who was all real at Illinois. Uh, still a good, relation, a good friend of mine. But he was an uh, All-American, All-Big Ten guy, Illinois. He wanted to come play big big level ball and, and, and improve his draft stock and things of that sort. But when he got there, bro, I remember the first practice we had, he was with the ones. I'm like, bro, I've been here for two years. This guy's been here for two weeks, and he's already started. So I, I kind of took that personal, though. Um, I kind of took it personal, man, and, and I had a really, really, really good spring. I dominated the summer, got my body in great playing shape. Had a heck of a fall camp, and I remember after one of our fall camp scrimmages, uh, T. Will walked in. And he was like, "Bro, to tell you the truth, like a lot of people wrote you off. Like they don't want you to be the start. They didn't want you to be a star linebacker. I can't find anybody else in my room that's better than you." And he said it in front of the whole, the whole. He's just a, he. That's the type of he's an honest and upfront, blunt guy, and I think that's why I get my coaching style from as well. But he was like, "I don't have a linebacker in this room that's better than you. Like you have to play." And from that moment on, bro, I was a starter. Um, I never missed a game at Auburn. I started every game, top ten in tackles, all SEC. I was a unanimous team captain. You know, not to stroke my ego or anything like that, but I I've, I I hang my hat on my story because a lot of people, even today, bro, a lot of people know situation they run, and they don't stand on all ten. They don't bet on themselves. They they point the finger. I just never was that guy. I was never raised that way. Um, I just knew. I know who I am, and I know whose I am. I know what I possess, bro, and I stand on all. I stand on all ten about myself. If, if, we, if we playing chess, I don't know how to play chess. I'm gonna find a way to win. If we playing tic tac toe, I'm gonna find a way. I'm just a competitor. I want to win. I want to be great in everything I do. I mean, I'm just sitting here listening. In freshman year of high school adversity, yeah. senior year of high school adversity, yeah. first two and a half years at Auburn adversity. I mean, yeah. it speaks a lot to, to you, and that's why Britton Deerman stands on the table for you. <laughs> I guess so, man. I guess he. I guess he has. He has a couple of reasons. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's remarkable. All right, some of your favorite SEC memories, games uh, that you got to play in, players you went up against. Let's hear some, man. I mean, you you you. <laughs> You can't go to Alabama Auburn and not talk about the Iron yeah. Bowl, bro. It's it's the atmosphere is it's I've I really haven't been a part of any other game like it. I mean, I played in the SEC championship game, I played in, in Sugar Bowls, Rose Bowls, I got drafted and played in the NFL. I've never seen a game experience like the Iron Bowl. It Probably has to be the Super Bowl if you're going to. And I know some guys that played at Alabama, and I'm good good friends with them. And they went to the national championship, and they still say, bro, it's nothing like the Iron Bowl, bro. I just, that's, it's just the atmosphere about it, the the talent that's on the field at one time, bro, is absolutely crazy. I was talking to 
uh, Coach St. Felix a couple of days ago, and I was like, bro, do you realize I played against an Alabama team who had Jerry Judy, Calvin Ridley, <laughs> Jalen Waddle, uh, 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 Henry Ruggs, uh, um, Jalen Hurst was the quarterback, Tua was on the roster, Josh Jacob was in the backfield, Damian Harris was in the backfield, Najee Harris was in the backfield, Cam Robinson was the offensive. Like, I'm naming – First round after first round after first round after first round after first. And you, as a competitor, bro, you love those moments. You love the big moments, man. And So I can never talk about my college career and never speak about the Iron Bowl. Favorite plays you made or anything like that? Um, Favorite play. Hardest hit? I can't say my hardest hit because I think it, it – Every well, hit was your it, hardest it, hit? I'm, no, it got me ejected. <laughs> <laughs> it was a targeting call. But, um, but was it favorite, really a targeting call? Today it wouldn't be. Today it wouldn't be. Today, but back then, um, according to the rules, yeah, it was. Gotcha. But, you know, the day they changed the the, the trajectory rule, yeah. and it actually has to be the crown of the head. But yeah, back then it was though. But I'd probably say my, I have a favorite game, bro. I have a favorite game. Um, my LSU game, um, 2018 was. That's that's probably my best college game. If I had to, somebody asked me to. I want to watch your best college game. I would pull up that game. And um, that game meant a lot to me, too, bro. Funny story. And I haven't told a lot of people this. You get to get in on right. the secret right here. Well, whoever listening is. Bro, I was starting linebacker at Auburn University, like, for two years. My This is my junior, my redshirt junior year at the time. And I was still going home to Mobile and sleeping on LSU covers. Oh, my wow. entire room. So you grew up in LSU. I grew fan. up a diehard LSU. And fan, you still bro. chose Auburn. I did. It was just something about it was something about Auburn, bro. Like just the family atmosphere, man. And they, they made me feel so welcome. And I just felt like that's where I needed to be. Like to this day when I get off exit fifty one, I get chills. I don't know why. I don't know what it is, bro, but it's just they'll tell you like if you love Auburn, it'll love you back in. Arvin definitely loves me, bro, and I dearly love it. But I was a die, die, die hard. I used to tell my mother, I I don't want to go to college if I don't go to LSU. Like, seriously. And I remember when Frank Frank Harris called me and offered me his college, so Les Miles was still the coach there. I remember when they called and offered me, and I was like – I felt good, but it was like, uh, I don't know. And my mom was she, my mom literally thought that I was going to – commit on the phone but I hung the phone up and she was like we going to Baton Rouge and I'm like not so fast <laughs> so we ended up taking some uh taking some visits and things like that bro but I just it never it never got to me like Arvin did and I tell people all the time I think it was because I had such high hopes for it that anything less than floating cars gold grass Money falling off trees was a letdown. I thought I was going to be walking into heaven almost, bro. But tell you the truth, Arvin was everything that I thought LSU was going to be. So I chose Arvin, and I, I if I had to do it all over again, I'd choose Arvin again. And then that game's pretty special to yeah, you? Yeah, it, it always meant something to me. And um, that, Actually, bro, that the game that I'm referring to, we lost it. They, they actually won. Um, that was a tough one, man. I, I, I think I had like 14 tackles that game. Um, like three TF, I got SEC Player of the Week, but it didn't matter to me because we lost. But I, it, like I said, I, I I still hang my hat on that as being one of my best college performances. 
So you're drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals, right? Yep. Six-round draft pick. What was the draft experience like for you? Man, it was good. I, it, that's, that's almost like that signing day moment, um, it, something that you'll never, ever, ever forget. And what was more fulfilling to me, bro, is I was surrounded by family and friends. Like, the joy that was on everybody's face when they saw my name go across the screen and they see me get that phone call, like, Everybody, everybody, I remember everybody telling each other to be quiet. All the cameras were out. And I told myself, I got drafted at the age of 23. I told myself probably for 10 years, bro, that I would not cry on draft day. I don't care who draft me. I don't care what round I go. I cannot cry on draft day. I'm like, there's going to be too many cameras there, too many people. I can't do it. And I was, I was good at first. And I remember when they called me, I had no contact with Cincinnati. Like, that was – I, I talked to them at the Senior Bowl, but you talked to everybody, every team there. Um, but they, they didn't contact me throughout the process. But their linebacker coach knew me because he was a linebacker coach at Mississippi State prior to taking that job. So he knew me from playing against me, and he, he uh, stated that when I got drafted. But I, I remember getting a phone call, man, and sitting down next to my mom. And it's a video of you can see it on YouTube. And I was good. I was on the phone, and I was holding it in. And I was good. I, I'm, I'm not going to cry. My mom reached over and rubbed my back. That got you. Oh, I went to two, 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 two. Tears just started coming down. I couldn't hold it in anymore. But it was, it was, it was a great moment, bro. But not to get off subject, but I tell people, bro, the crazy thing about life is I worked 24 years for that one moment, and it was almost like a high for me. I, I enjoyed it for 10, 15 minutes. We probably celebrated for 10 or 15 minutes, and I lived in that moment in that moment. But what I revert to all the time, bro, was the process to get there. The the adversity that I went through, the high school stories, the the, the college stories, the the the, the death of my great grandmother who that, that was catastrophic to me because she loved me so much and she was always at every football game and all she wanted to do was see me play college and, and professional football. She was an Auburn fan and when I got to Auburn she was alive and and she passed my red shirt freshman year. That's when I was going through so much adversity with not being told to transfer and, and I, I'm not going to play here. And then she left me and I was almost destroyed as a person, you know. So even even going through things like that, bro, I, I, I sat down and I really just went through my entire timeline. And to tell you the truth, that timeline matters so much more to me than that phone call that I received because I know that getting over, getting going through the things on that timeline put me in position to receive that phone call. Like I said, that phone call was a moment, bro. All those other things, bro, that's 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 everyday life for me. Take us through some of your NFL runs, some of your memories. Man, bro, the NFL, is, it's a great experience, man. I, and I tell people, bro, it's, 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 it's nothing like it. It's just you every day you're around great players. And, and I, my first game was against the Kansas City Chiefs in the preseason. And I remember, bro, they, they came out. Um, and the first person I – true story. First person I saw was Patrick Mahomes. And this – means you, you – you, like I said, you're around great players all the time. I'm in the locker room with A.J. Green and Geno Atkins, and, and I, I walk around and I see Andy Dalton and Carlos Dunlap. Shout out to him. He just got a, a Super Bowl. He, right. He's been around for a while. He deserves it. So, um, But, you know, like I say, walking on the field, man, and, and seeing Pat Mahomes, and I'm like, bro, I was just playing – Playing Madden with you on, 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 for, with you last week, and now you right here. But my first game, bro, I think they probably scored on us in five plays. And all the superstars touched the ball. 
They, it was Miko Harmon on the Rocket Sweep. They hit Travis Kelsey on the over route. He broke like two tackles. Uh, Patrick Mahomes threw an incompletion in the third play. In the fourth play, he hit Tyreek Hill for a corner ball. And I was turning around like, bro, this look like a video game. Like, <laughs> yeah. But it's real life. So, man, like I said, just being around, you know, um, the, the, the great, the greatness, man, and calling yourself one of those guys, you know, it, it's, bro, it's a real small circle, real small percentage of guys that get that opportunity, let alone play and let have the longevity. Don't let Tom Brady fool you. What he did, his career is not normal. And you see guys playing – 15 years, all the the, the, the the unicorn that played 15 years or 10 years, or you get five years out of it, bro. You've had a heck of a career, and you're you're different, like you're a unicorn. So, man, being just indulging in, in those moments, man, and, and the lifelong friendship that you create from it, the experiences that you create from it, bro. You get to call yourself one of the best of the best to ever play the game of football your entire life. So. Like I said, man, just to hang my hat on that, bro, a, a, a guy growing up in a single-parent home from Precious, Alabama, I, what more can I ask for? It really is a remarkable story. Yeah. It's a beautiful story, frankly. So, wrapping up playing, mm-hmm. jumping to UCF, what was the transition? Um, man, after I got done playing, I, I, I spent time with Cincinnati. Um, spent time – I had a practice squad stint with Jacksonville. I wasn't there long, and I spent time with Philadelphia. Um, as well, I left Philadelphia and I went to the CFL for a year with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and I came back and um, that was, I think, as I got back, bro, probably like two weeks later, bro, uh, Coach Malzahn ended up calling. He was like, "Man, you still gonna be playing ball?" I was like, "Yeah, I think I'm, I'm gonna keep growing." But I was going through a groin injury at the time um, that I had to have surgery for. I had to get report, repaired, and I was like, "Man." I don't really know, Coach. I'm I'm trying to see where I want to go from it. You know, it's a, a guy, undersized guy, ACL injury, and and the, the, the people for some reason were still questioning me about that, even though it happened five years ago. Then I had the the, the growing surgery that sat me down for a couple months. So I was like, bro, I might want to get into my after ball career and, and get into young and go ahead and get established. You know, why I have a, a good and hot name. He was like, if you want the opportunity, um, I I might have something for you. And honestly, I ended up taking my the defensive coordinator job at my former high school, Barker High School, but I was probably down there for like three months. I think I took the job in February and I left in April. So, um, and that's when UCF started calling me and Travis Williams, the defensive coordinator there, and he was like, bro, if you want to come, I'm going to let you be the linebacker coach. Like, you won't be a GA. And I was like, but how are you going to? He's like, I'm the linebacker coach. <laughs> But I'm the defensive coordinator. I will trust you with the room because I know you know what it looked like, but I have the access to be able to float and get into other rooms as well. And honestly, I, I knew he wasn't, you know, giving me any board talk because I know the relationship that we have. But when I got there, bro, he literally let me coach the linebackers. Like, I was a GA on paper, but I was the linebacker coach. And it was surprising for me, but – I, I admire and, I, and I'm thankful for it because it put me in position to be able to walk into moments like this. And who knew that I was going to be a GA for six months and then get my first position coach job. But being in that realm and having that opportunity prepared me to walk into a situation like this comfortable because I feel like I've all, I'm, I'm already year in. I feel like I already had that experience. Um, even as a player, bro, I always felt like I was a coach because I've always been a leader. Being a Mike linebacker, I've always been a mo- uh, uh, uh the motor of the defense, the vocal guy. Um, I always prided myself in making 10 other guys around me better. So I wanted to know what everybody on the defense, what their job were. 
if you put me on the board, I can I can coach the corners. I can coach the deep because I know what they're supposed to do. But like I say, being in that position, man, and, and getting tied to those guys and, and even in this coaching thing, you want to be tied to, to people with good names. You want to be tied to people with – that that are going to grow, that that have a brand, and that people love, and that people support. And I man, I really think I'm off to a great start. You know, I, I started with Coach Malzahn, and you know he's a legendary college football coach. Uh, Travis Williams is one of the up and coming best coaches, bro, that that are in our game. He just took the defensive coordinator job at Arkansas. Um, congratulations to him. He's going to be a head coach in probably two or three years. Coach Deerman is going to be a big time football coach. I know we're, we're going to love him at UNA. We're going to enjoy him, bro. But I know he has things that he wants to do here that could possibly springboard him. And I know that, that like I say, man, being tied to people like that and, and, and being under those umbrellas, man, it means nothing but good things for you. So I have to, you know, start my own journey and create my own tree as well. But having those mentors and those fatherly figures or brotherly figures to look up to and, you know, have those shoulders to lean on in times of, of, of comfort and questioning anything to, to be able to call those guys that I just named, bro, it's going to be special for me. Well, one thing that stands out throughout your story is the the people that have believed in you, it, your hard work's always been rewarded. So I'm so yeah. pumped up you're here yeah. at the University of North Alabama. <laughs> it, always, it, it, it always came back, right? So that's why I tell people, man, it's, I'm, I'm a brand guy, bro. I'm, I protect the brand more than anything because I'm a, I'm a person of life and legacy. Um, and and – Pete was talking about it this morning when we had our staff meeting, bro. You, you you have a born date, you have a death date. People are gonna know your birthday. They're gonna they they're probably they'll probably forget your birthday after you leave. They'll probably forget what day you had, you exactly died after you leave. Three years from from the day you they they some pe some people will humanly forget. They're never for, gonna forget the person that you are. They're never gonna forget how you make them feel. They're never gonna forget that aura that you carry within yourself and how how you walk in rooms and you make you just make people like I know people around here think I'm crazy, cause I walk around and I sing, I dance, I love, I, I listen to music, I smile. It can be raining and a tornado sitting right next to my car. I'm gonna smile, bro, cause I'm alive. I I control that. I control me smiling. Why not? Why not do so? So. Like I say, man, I'm, I just I protect my brand, bro. I, I I love people, so I do right by people. I'm a I'm like I said, I'm a black and white guy. It's no it's no gray area. I, my friends, my family, my my mother, you know, see her doing somebody wrong. I'm gonna tell like you can't. That's not the, the the right way to do that. And my peers, they respect me for it. But I don't know why I'm that way or how I got that way. But but that's just Deshaun Davis. Well, this has been a very fun conversation. Let's wrap it up with this. Why should people be excited about what we're doing here with this football program? Man, no, and it's I, I, it's kind of crazy to say no coach talk because our coach here today, um, and I I actually told the staff that this morning today, um, this morning in the weight room. Like I said, I'm a big energy guy, and, and everybody feed on my energy, so. Sometimes I get fatigued because <laughs> I know I have to bring energy in rooms. But today I kind of stepped back in the weight room and I just I became an observer for a couple of minutes. And bro, the the energy that was in there, the, the the camaraderie that we saw with players and even guys that we that that transfers that have come in, the way that they're bonding with the team and the standard and the structure that those guys are upholding now. But we didn't have that when we first got here in January in December. Um, we started winter workouts in January, and I know people might say it's a month, but when you see it, you see it. When you know, you know. And the guys are buying in. 
they believe. We 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 seeing guys getting stronger. We're seeing guys getting faster. They 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 care about each other. And and it's different when you're playing for a teammate and when you're playing for a brother. So seeing those guys kick it off the field and and the, the relationship and the camaraderie that we we have it's I really feel like I've been knowing these guys for like years, bro. We've been together for a few months, but we we're around each other so much. And Coach Dearman did a really good job putting putting together a great staff of not just coaches but people. Like we have good people on our staff, bro, and that's important when you're talking about being a college coach because you have to be more than a position coach. You have to be a mentor. You have to be somebody that those guys can come to and lean on, and I feel like all of our coaches are able to do that. So, man, we're going to do some really, really, really special things at UNA, man. The, the, like I said earlier, the tradition is here, um, and a lot of people, we, we, we've been educating those guys on that tradition because we're learning it as well. And as we learn, we pour. And they, they've been receiving in their cups, bro. So I, I'm very, very, very excited, like I say, not just because I'm coaching here, but because I can see people developing. I can see people growing. I can see it all coming together. And the vision and the talks that we're having as coaches behind closed doors, when the doors are open, we're seeing it happen now. So when we close those doors, we pat ourselves on the back, and we pat those guys on the back, and we go back to work. Satisfaction is never going to be never going to be there. We always want to be better. Greatness is always the expectation. So the things that we're doing, man, the small things that we're doing, the, the small days that we're lining up, we win Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Saturday is going to take care of itself. I'll tell you what, I know now why Coach Dearman says he'll stand on the table all day long for Deshaun <laughs> Davis. Coach, this has been a wonderful. It's, yes, it's been sir. great getting to learn your story. August 26th, can't get here soon enough. We hey, appreciate your time. You, I'm probably more ready than anybody. It's, 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 it's going to be a great experience, man. Mercer, man, ESPN. First game, what else you want? First coaching staff uh, uh, on, on a, a national stage, you know, the, the, the brightest stage of them all. You get to go and showcase your talent in front of the world. Those are things, those are moments that you're never going to get back. So when we get those opportunities, we have to We can't wait, Coach. Thank you so much. Sure. Thank you.